Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. We are the B team. It's myself and Ben, and we've got a very special guest for the special marker game episode. The unbiased bison administrator, the smooth, silky tones you hear behind the FCS oh. Fans Nation podcast. Stop. Stop. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Frazy. He is at Matt Frazy on Twitter. Um, great dude, great follow. He agreed to jump on here, catch some heat with us. He's been giving us just crazy, crazy pub going into this uh going into this episode this week. And thank you so much for joining us, Matt, and deciding to sign up for this. So this should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. You said there'd be some smack talk. You said there'd be some uh, fun Dakota marker talk. So I'm all about it. I mean, it's fun to do 256 characters worth on Twitter, but to actually have about an hour with you guys is going to be great. So I appreciate you having me on Thumper and Ben, and I'm looking forward to it. Can we agree that we'll all be friends after this, no matter what we say? Like oh, what yeah. happens in this podcast stays in this podcast? hundred percent. I mean, I'd have to remove the unbiased part of my uh, tagline here if I got too in intense with it. Uh, this is going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> well, we didn't want to get too feisty, you know, so we got to get hey, the unbiased guy. It's being yeah. it's smart. Is what it and is. I, I was wise tonight. I was like, you know, I can't wear the NDSU gear because if I rock the NDSU gear, I can't really claim to be the unbiased bison admin. So I did, you know, naturally I picked our, both of us, you know, Ben, Brendan, myself, I picked a, probably our second favorite team in the Valley's color, uh, the Coyotes red. So I went with that because I know you guys love. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's great. Ah. Wow. That was smooth. Well done. Well, I'm just surprised. Not bison though. Know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a little disappointed. You should have wore bison stuff. That's okay though. Um, I've even got Jackrabbit socks on just because I'm petty. Um, <laughs> Gloria. <laughs> Um, no, I, I'm, I'm not sad to not see you in the North Dakota football green. I, I assumed you wouldn't wear the hockey green for this episode. Oh, That'd be weird. Not at all. <laughs> the only the only hockey gear I own is a uh, NDSU hockey t-shirt that says NDSU hockey undefeated since 1890. Never lost. Never lost. <laughs> I believe that. You know, that sounds factual. Yeah. Um, talking about undefeated though you guys had a good little weekend last weekend you know to recap normally we recap everybody who follows us a lot uh we recap our prior game but we did that the last episode and we haven't played for 84 years it feels <laughs> like <laughs> it's uh um you guys had a, a hell of a battle down in uh, Cedar Falls, which is to be expected. But how did you how did you come out feeling after that game as a as an unbiased Bison fan? You know, as unbiased, um, honestly, if if you took out like the last two seasons, to me personally, I kind of put this out on Twitter. It felt exactly what NDSU and you and I typically is some sort of slugfest, punchy in the face. Maybe we hit that 20-point range, and that's exactly what happened at 23-20. But remove 2018 Easton Stick, an explosive, undefeated, no doubt NDSU is going to win it all, and remove 2019 explosive Trey Lance comes on the scene, this new kind of hybrid offense that Matt Entz and Tyler Roll put in there. Remove those two years of just absolute blowouts of you and I, and NDSU and you and I just felt exactly like it always was. Um uh, I've been a big proponent that Zeb Nolan is not a good quarterback whatsoever. Um, he's he's he lacks arm strength. Uh, he's very slow to make his reads. 
But at the same time, he matched everything that NDSU quarterbacks prior to the explosiveness of Trey Lance did. What, he was eight, eight for 15, 150 some yards and threw a touchdown pass on the most beautiful touchdown pass of all time. Uh, to, to I'm just kidding. That was it was disgusting. <laughs> that was uh, that was rough. <laughs> it was rough. Yep, but it was it was kind of what I you would expect from an NDSU team. I would say 2010, circa 2011, 2012. Um, the offense scored enough to win. The defense held at the end. Special teams played great. It's not like you have confidence to put up 35, 40 a week, but North Dakota State found a way to get it done. And I think from SDSU fans, you would say the same thing. You step into the Unidome, you get a victory. You're going to walk out and be like, you know what? I don't really care what the final score was. I feel really, really happy about this. Uh, so long story short, NDSU didn't look improved from the beginning of the year, but they got over a road hump, which a lot of people thought they could trip up on. So my takeaway is glad to get out of the Unidome with the W. No, I agree. I mean, I that's that's how we felt when we had our game down there. Um, I, I, they still have a very good defense, and it's, it's too bad Will McElvain wasn't on the field all year because I feel like they're a pretty decent team with him out there. Um, they struggle with him out uh, for a while, but um, so for SDSU fans that maybe haven't followed NDSU all year, um, explain the, the Zeb Nolan situation, I guess, because for a little bit, they put Cam Miller in there and they, it looked like, oh, maybe they're making the change, but it seems like they kind of stuck with their guns and left Zeb Nolan in there. So I guess kind of give us a little history on that and where, where you think they're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. Zeb Nolan obviously trans transferred in from Iowa State, uh, had a quarterback competition with Trey Lance last year. And Trey Lance, um, now as we look for him to go into the NFL draft, is uh, obviously beat Zeb Nolan out. But to give you a little context, a lot of Bison fans said, hey, we're going to be fine because Zeb Nolan is not a mobile quarterback. He's more of a statue in the pocket. But based off what we saw at him at Iowa State, off a few YouTube clips and a few other things, he's going to tear you apart with awareness and precision passing. So he's not going to need the mobility. And unfortunately, whether it was just coaches speaking at press conferences or the media just getting it wrong or our own hope, it's been completely false. Uh, Zeb Nolan, very slow when it comes to his awareness. Mobility is just what we thought it would be. Very, very bad. Um, unfortunately, making reads isn't quick. No form of precision passing. Ducks when it comes to throwing the deep ball. Just, you know, he has struggled to be a productive quarterback. And that's just the, re the reality of it. When it comes to Cam Miller, you threw his name in there. Zeb started to have his struggles and Cam Miller started to get sprinkled in. Uh, just a reminder, Cam Miller last year was playing high school baseball. So um, he's not he's not a Trey Lance. He can't just pop in and play, you know, hey, NFL talent quarterback right here. So a lot of NFL or NDSU fans, just like myself, were like, put in Cam, just play Cam. You know, we're kind of at the point where even with Zeb struggles, you just got to trust the coaching staff. Cam comes in every one or two plays. Uh, Zeb Nolan will struggle, throw a pick. Cam will come in for a series and then Zeb will go back in there. It is the strangest thing to see from an NDSU program that typically has their guy and sticks with them. But you know what? Matt Ensign, the crew so far, they've lost one game. <laughs> they've had, you know, at this point, you just got to trust the coaching staff. But to put it, put it bluntly, this is easily the worst quarterback play that I've seen out of an NDSU quarterback since um, Jose Moeller, Nick Mertens, you know, prior to Brock Jensen style. Mm -hmm. So to right. say that, Zeb is comparable to a 2010 Brock Jensen would be an insult to 2010 Brock Jensen. Nice guy. Great for the locker room. Um, everybody speaks highly of him, but 
the eyes don't lie when it comes to that. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the NDSU SDSU game. Well, I mean, that's kind of one of the most unique things, uh, and and even saw it watching that you and I game about this edition of NDSU, because <laughs> for the last forever, you guys have had a quarterback that has ended up in the NFL. So, and they've all been able to run, and. Every SDSU fan here has nightmares of Carson Wentz, who didn't necessarily look to run, but God dang it, if he didn't have that <laughs> two, third, oh. that he, third and long. And third and he, long, yeah, and nightmare. Like, yep. get puppies away from me because I'm kicking them because I'm so mad, you know? I mean, Jesus <laughs> wept, that would piss me off. So it's a relief to see him in there. Um, but, I, I mean, not to – I think he's cap- he's obviously capable of winning games. And with how good your rushing offense is, it it, it works. Um, the thing that really surprised me about the UNI game is when we went down there and played them, they got held to like one yard per carry rushing. Yep. And to see their offense just in general actually outperform the NDSU offense in that game was kind of startling considering all the defensive linemen and stuff that were out for UNI. I 100% expected NDSU to when I saw the amount of guys out for you and I that were injured and whatnot, I expected NDSU to start rolling like that fourth quarter because you guys have gone back to that old school ground and pound. It's going to be close at half. And then in the second half, we're going to pull away and bulldoze you. And that didn't happen against you and I. And, you know, in the past, it hasn't either when that was the game plan. But I kind of expected that with a thinner you and I defense. So I I was really, really surprised that, or you and I, yeah, you and I defense, but I was really surprised your defense gave up the amount of offense production that it did. Yeah, Thumper, you're straight on there. I mean, we had the 12-point lead at that point, and I'm like, all right, defensive stop. Maybe we either held the ball out another field goal, and yes, he wins by 14-15. Let's see what happens here. But, you know, being up by 12 and then to see the defense give up that, that kind of yardage. Here's one thing, though. I mean, transfer portal graduation, NDSU has been hit. I mean, that defense right. is unbelievably young. Dom Jones back, a true freshman at there at the safety. And then to have Josh Hayes, who was putting guys on an island. Josh Hayes, senior cornerback for NDSU, started as a true freshman in 2017 in the title game against JMU. That's his first start. They're like, uh, okay, we got two, our top two corners are out. Go stop JMU and Riley Stapleton. I mean, the guy was a you know, great FCS player. Across the board, basically a brand new linebacker core. The defensive line is really, really good, but it's still young. Very, very youthful. So I just think that the defensive struggle maybe that you see with NDSU, um, and struggle is a bad term because they're still really good. Right. Uh, But I would say comparison to what you've seen in the past, this is a ton of youth on this NDSU defense. So I think that's something to take pause with, especially with SDSU coming in. And SDSU, in my opinion, will be the most balanced team. Uh, I said... UND prior to this, but now SDSU hands down the most balanced team NDSU will see. So we'll see how youthful defense and some struggling quarterback play does up there in the Fargo Dome. It's it's going to be interesting to say the least. So before we get too far, I do you mentioned Trey Lance a couple times. We didn't plan on talking about this, but it's sounding like he's gonna go like top five, which to me is absolutely nuts that a guy <laughs> I mean, one year in SCS, like, I mean, how much? Tell me this: if if Carson Wentz and Easton Stick don't happen, is there any way he goes this high? 
Uh, no, no way. Um, certainly it puts NDSU on the radar. I think it's a combination of two things that at least got him on the radar. Obviously, Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, NDSU success. Uh, but the no interceptions was the big outlier. I mean, I think that was just this huge thing. ABC wins the national championship, and they say 17 times the guy hasn't thrown any picks. And then stuff starts to drop on ESPN, and there's a few other things. You know, narratives start to drop. And now Trey Lance wisely declares, go get your millions, young man. Very smart. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be off into the NFL draft. When it comes to Trey, for me, um, I just hope he's not in the NFC East. As uh, Thumper knows, I'm a big Cowboys fan. So <laughs> to see Carson go to the Eagles, it was just the the worst thing. I was just like, God, I hope him. I, it, you know, I don't even want to get into that. Anyways, in terms of Trey Lance, I really think it depends where he goes. He's going to need a developmental year, a year, maybe two, but year for sure. I think if he were to go to a New York Jet, New York Jets, which I'm a draft junkie, it's, you know, it's going to be the BYU quarterback. If he goes to the Jets, if he goes to some of these teams where they don't have an established roster, give him a Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, uh, give him an opportunity to go to the Lions and sit behind Jared Goff for a year, and he's going to have a shot because he's going to develop mobility. He's got the big, strong arm. The biggest thing with Trey last year was when he would miss, he would whisk, miss wisely, if that sounds insane. Like he'd throw a deep post route and it would hit. They're like, oh, bad pass, but it, there was no way the defender was going to get mm -hmm. to it. I mean, just quick mm -hmm. key awareness. But the NFL is a different ball game, man. So I think Trey will bust or boom based off where he goes, and I, I hope he booms for sure. Just as long as he's not a Redskin or a Giant or an Eagle. So, <laughs> I, <Washington>. agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I I hope for his sake that he goes somewhere that he can sit for a year, probably two, because like you said, the NFL is a different animal, and I think he's got talent. But I just uh, for him to go that high, it just worries me that they're going to be like, well, you're that high of a pick. You can start right away. And Absolutely. I just I don't think he's ready for that. And I just I, I no. hope he doesn't get in and, and just, you know, bombs right away because it's hard to recover from that. But you can um, you can kind of make make your transition easier if like in the third round, a team is smart and brings a K Johnson into the slot. I mean, then it just makes your time in the NFL so much simpler. So. Why don't we just combo that just like look at Dallas him. Goddard and uh, Carson Wentz, right? Look at him buttering us up. Yeah. Let's look at him. He's got a, he's going to be going into politics here soon. My Come Lord. Yeah. Oh my God. I do. Before we go into K Johnson, I do want to mention for everybody that's watching on, watching on Facebook, submit your comments. We'll get them up on the screen. Uh, Brendan, if you want to check if yeah. we've got any so far, but yep. uh, ask Matt uh, some tough questions. We'll throw him some hard balls here. Um, but yes, uh, Kay Johnson, that's uh, it'll be interesting. I, I have no idea. I mean, I've, I've seen projections from third round to seventh round for him. So yeah, as long as he doesn't go to the stupid green and yellow team, it's it's so easy for me to hate green and yellow because I'm a Vikings fan and a Jackrabbit fan. So green and yellow is just off the board for me. But oh man, that's a double whammy. <laughs> I know, right? But uh, no, it's it'll be exciting to see where he goes because I, I think he's got a good chance. I think he's a good fit for the NFL and I think he could. Yeah. I can, I can, can produce. And I think that's a K Johnson is, is perfect in terms of Trey Lance's QB. So it's just like alarm, 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 like boom, bust. Oh man, the main guy. Mm -hmm. But K Johnson's the same thing. A lot of people who don't look into traits that transition, transition into the NFL don't see. They're like, what this FCS guy? Well, he NDSU kind of shut him down in this game or he didn't play great at this. And that's a lower level. His skills translate perfectly into that slot receiver. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, he's going to be productive if he gets himself into the right system. 
So I th- I'm excited to see what he does. I will always cheer for an FC- FCS guy at the next level because the league honestly is it's it's represented across so many teams for the FCS and undrafted free agents. So represent. Uh, I hope Kate Johnson tears it up. It's going to be great. No, I agree. I'm always cheering for FCS guys. Uh, Shannon, thanks for the question. Brendan, and What's Brendan you can go drinking? first. Right. I'm drinking milk. Brad uh, Koenig nailed it after that. For those of you who know, uh, it's Laker. Good dude. Drinking the milk. It's not chocolate. But this is Matt's favorite segment anyways. What's Brendan drinking? <laughs> what's, what's Matt drinking? At least it's not a guy. You got the right cup this time, Ben. Yeah, I do have. I've, I've been rocking. They've been giving me shit. I've been, I've been rocking a green solo cup, and they've been angry about it, like wanting me off the podcast because I was drinking out of a green cup. But he almost so got voted to, off the island. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get a an SDSU mug for tonight. Um, drinking red beer as always. But uh, I was actually with Shannon tonight. He almost he had a one in four shot at ten grand. We were at a chase the ace deal. Ooh, didn't, no way. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. But, so that was fun. Oh, but man. so congrats to him. He he won like four hundred some dollars just because his name got picked. But anyway, hey, that's not a bad deal. Back that's to the segment. Matt, you drinking anything tonight? Uh, I have a Powerade tonight. Um, Thursday, Fridays, because of the whole COVID thing, my beautiful wife works from home. So oh. that gives her a wonderful opportunity to get some extra sleep. So I get up early and take the kids to daycare Thursday, Fridays. So beers beers uh, aren't so great at 6 a.m. So I'll get up nice and oh. no hangover, and I'll bring those kiddos to daycare. So there you yep, go. Pull the dad <laughs> move there. That's that's probably the smarter play on I think that so. one. Yep. Speak <laughs> speaking of smarter plays, how and and not smart plays and plays that aren't happening. Um <laughs> speaking of plays that aren't happening, Missouri State won a share. Make sure I get my fingers on Queen. Yep, that's gotta be a big quote. There. Share with the with the quotes of the Valley Conference by beating Youngstown State. And now Youngstown State has decided not to play against the undies this weekend here, which is a shame because I really thought matchup wise, they had a good matchup and it would have been really great because uh, Mr. Frazee here unsolicited made a giant, yeah, man. giant um, bet. Not really a bet. Like it was a wager that I had to put nothing on and I was going to get to pick his avatar. And now this game's not going to happen because and I quote, Youngstown State can't play. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no there's no COVID implications there. They didn't say they didn't have enough players. And you know what? I'm gonna say it. This stinks. Like there's something fishy about this. It feels like the conference or somebody got their fingers in there and wanted to be able to pr- make sure that the Missouri Valley was going to get three teams in and would be able to protect UND in the event they lost this game. You it's, know, it's just a conspiracy theory I have, but like, there's no actual reason given other than they can't play. So something, something stinks. It's not a good stink. You know, it. I've never. I we've been on opposite sides of the spectrum here, Thumper, in terms of, um, you know, playing in the spring, not playing in spring, teams and so, things like that. I have been a big proponent, though, if teams want to drop out, if they feel like it's better for the fall, I'm actually for that. But let me caveat a little bit with this situation specifically. I don't understand the Wednesday drop. Like, right. you've you've really screwed UND 
in this factor. You could have made this call last, uh, Sunday night, Saturday. You know, I don't yeah. know. What did you have a few captains meetings and go? You know what? It's just not worth it. Two, you know, right. forty-eight, seventy-two hours before we play the game. So um, I'm totally for teams of being like, you know what? We want to prep for the fall. This isn't our thing. They're not bound by any rules or regulations in this spring season, which seems like with a MEAC, no MEAC, um, CAA athletic directors just choosing the auto bid. You know, it's like whose line is that anyways? The the rules are made up and the points don't matter at this point. Uh, but the title will matter. I'm a big proponent of that. Um, but when it comes, it, it was just really fishy to me as well, where they're just like, yeah, it's Wednesday. We're just going to not play. I think Youngstown was just one and six and out. And yeah, Thumper, man, I put out there if – UND had lost, I would have switched my stuff on Twitter to SDSU for 48 hours because I had to, everybody was promoting YSU, YSU. And I'm like, man, they've only won one game. I, I wasn't sold even with UND being a struggling road team that UND lost that. But unfortunately, man, we'll never know. So so right. did they did they really screw UND, though? Because I feel like UND had not much to gain and everything to lose from playing that game. Yeah, that's a good point. Um now the question I think will be when it comes to seeding, like if UND yeah. wins that game and UND, let's say they're at five and one now, and let's mm -hmm. say Delaware beats Nova and Delaware is undefeated. Let's just throw something out there. SDSU beats NDSU. So they're the one uh, Sam Houston hits that two seed. And now you have undefeated Weber undefeated Delaware. Oh, let's say James Madison wins too. So James Madison is the three Madison. just completely random. I'm not putting thought into this, but now you have to choose between undefeated Weber undefeated Delaware or four and one or five and one UND, you know, it's not a quality win, but it is six wins. And now they're going to have the same amount of games played as JMU and JMU is going to be five and oh, and Weber is going to be five and oh. So now maybe that five and one, um, I'm not saying a loss helps maybe. you, but yeah. you know, now right. you're going to be four and one and compared to five and oh, so maybe it affects their seating a little bit. I would say, yep, right. their chance at it. Well, and I think the uh, the biggest issue with it that for them hurt it hurting them is when it comes to seeds because right now we've got uh, UND, not we. UND has a major issue of recency bias going on, and the last memory people have of them is getting their teeth kicked in in Fargo. Like that's the last memory yes, they have. That's why they're not ranked going to be ranked over SDSU when seed time comes and. and it's just why it is people remember the most recent things and then they haven't played. So yeah, from that perspective, it hurts them, but it also virtually guarantees them in the playoffs and guarantees them a share of the conference title from that sure. perspective. Um, Kurt does have uh Kurt Lickus does have a comment for us. So it does say it is possible that it was a roster depletion since the Valley has established Wednesday as the pregame test day. As I understood it, they may have just poorly or, legalistically chosen to omit covid best case scenario they 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 poorly worded it because they can legally say it was because of covid they just can't say which kids it was specifically i think that's a hipaa rule hepa hipaa not hepa yep. hepa is a filtration but um, <laughs> yeah that's HIPAA. a hipaa rule you got it you can't you can't pronounce announce who it was you can only announce how many there were <laughs> Maybe it's a hippo rule, Ben. Yeah, laugh it up over there. Whatever. See if I care. I'm going to drink my milk and enjoy it. You, you just be smart for a minute. <laughs> if you, Matt, you probably don't know it, but this is a like a standing joke of Brendan misusing words on the podcast. 
<laughs> so I, I enjoyed when What's he used HEPA instead of HIPAA. He's, he's got it down. Yep. I love he's it. Got a, he's got a knack for not using the right word. Yeah. I was one letter off. Oh, technically, you know, we're not going to spell it. That's least saying them's bad enough. Um, but realistically, um, you know, it is uh, at best poorly. It wasn't legally done, but that's why it makes no sense to me. In fact, with all these other COVID cancellations, we've seen which teams were the reason it was canceled. Like that's always come out. So, um, and just to everybody who is watching, if you do make a comment, I am going to be trying to show these in an order that fits where we're going. So if you have some questions on um, some CAA games and games that are going to be happening, we're going to probably save those ones for the end of the show because we'll go over that when we do our picks and things like that. But Speaking of, speaking of speaking CAA, of, before we go there, speaking of CAA, if you do, we did get a little bit into some seeding talk. If you want some seeding talk and some like playoff scenarios, go listen to the last FCS Fans Nation episode, which I I love your guys' YouTube content. It's very good. Thanks, we man. need we need to get on YouTube too because I I love going on there and uh, rolling through what you guys got because it's always a great show. Um, so I, I appreciate what you guys do and I want people to go check you out. So thanks, uh, that's, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, if it, we do talk, we talk Valley talk here mostly, but we do, we don't get whole FCS. But you guys definitely cover everything, so it's it's nice to go over there and, and see what else is going on in the FCS world. Awesome, thanks, man. Yeah, it's fun. the uh, The members on our page they're the ones who ask all the questions weekly, and that that's what kind of drives it. So, um, yeah, we get plenty of input from all of the conferences everywhere. So it it's good because it gives you a big view of the FCS as a whole. So helps right. keep that unbiased tag on there when you got to learn there about everybody. Go. So <laughs> he's going to hang on to that to the death. That episode was a lot of fun though. People are looking um whole panel of guys on there including Matt here went through picked the whole bracket then um they had a bracket expert on there. I forget his name at the time here. Yeah, Jason um, Grooms from Jason uh, Grooms. Yep. They set the whole bracket off of their picks because you got to pick the final week and it was an awesome episode if you want to get uh smarter on the fcs as a whole definitely uh subscribe to that it is on itunes and i think you guys are on spotify as well yeah and all that stuff so Absolutely. follow that along here yeah anywhere you find stuff you can find us it, it's it was a lot of fun it was cool to hear mr grooms has been doing that bracketology a long time to hear things like well, these teams will probably connect because airport hubs are directly next to each other. And so many things you would never think of as the casual. So I uh, right. appreciate him helping out. And that was a fun pod to do. Instead of being like a knuckle dragger like me, who's like a oh, 400 mile bus trip. And uh, <laughs> and then, and then you know, the rest is in God's hands. And we'll probably go to Montana or NDSU if we aren't seated. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my extent of bracketology right there. <laughs> You down you downplay yourself too much, Brendan. I mean, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm pretty. I I help out with a lot of the hosting and guidance of our podcast, but all the other guys are the experts. Like 99% of my predictions are wrong. So most of most of me is just throwing emotional takes out there, and then you know we'll see how it plays out. My dark horse every year is Furman, and that just blows up in my face. Riding the purple, way to go! Yeah. Hey, hey, your picks aren't bad until you end up with a whole segment called Fade Matt because we have Fade <laughs> Brendan on here with how bad my picks were last year. But <laughs> uh, that's awesome! I love it. You're coined, man. You're coined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Ben. 
Well, you've been doing better this year, so yeah, you might you might that ass. You might shed that mon- moniker this year. We'll see. Yeah, but the moment I've all been waiting for is talking about the marker game. Yeah, in, let's in spe- go. It's in specifics. This is this week of the year is like my Christmas. This mm. like, and I get it twice this year. Yeah, two I, times. I can't focus two times during. Yeah, two times. Oh, <laughs> uh, and Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard's I, on this. I, oh, that is oh, the man. most iconic horns Ooh. down of all time. I don't care what Oklahoma tip, guy is double out chip there. pass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the whole thing, and I haven't figured out how to make that a gif yet online, and someday I will because it's awesome. Yeah, but <laughs> somebody I, has it already. You should go find it. Yeah, uh, it's one of uh, the SDSU guys. Ryan Ryan Jensen does uh, Evolution Prime on Twitter, but I it, it's yeah. not on Twitter. If that makes sense, like you can't search it and find it. I know so I don't, it, it is tough to find. Oh, okay. we have so, to make it searchable. So we got because it is it the greatest. Thing. It's the greatest gift known to mankind at this point. Literally uh, ever created. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I have a point of contact at uh, Twitter headquarters, so don't expect it to get uh, allowed anytime <laughs> that's, soon. That's, that's kind. Of, that's half the issue. That's that's unfortunate. That's a that's not not starting our odds off real great there. Um. But I got a question for you, Matt, here, going into Let's this marker game. Obviously, there's a ton of hype around it. Um, I remember the, the stat I saw from Craig Haley, this will be the 13th straight meeting between NDSU and SDSU where both teams have been ranked, which Jeez. is insane. That's nuts. Like That doesn't awesome. happen. And in my opinion, that's why it's the best rivalry in the FCS right now, and it's not close because this game is always deciding seeds. It's always deciding conference championships. And let's be real, it 99% of the time sells out to the tune of 19,000 fans now at this point. It's been on game day. Um, sorry, Cat Grizz, but if you cared enough to try in the spring, if you did happen into this podcast, just <laughs> go lick some hairballs off or something. You're not <laughs> on this level anymore. Um, but uh, that going into this matchup, this is one of the more anticipated ones I can remember from the SDSU side. And I don't know if I get that feeling from the NDSU side. And part of me thinks is NDSU fans – on the down low are really nervous about it, mm. but vo- are really vocal right now about how confident they are that they're going to win this game. Like I have never seen NDSU fans talk this confident. Usually when I'm talking to my NDSU fan buddies, it's like, well, hmm, it's going to be a tough game. Da, 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 da. They play the whole bat, you know, the gracious, I feel good about this. I don't feel that good about this game card. Right. But when it comes down to it, they're full of shit. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, it's in there. I've I haven't seen NDSU fans this brash about this game, and, and from their opinion of Granowski, kind of down the line that this is not just a win, this is borderline a already foregone conclusion. And Ooh. from your opinion, taking your unbiased hat off. Because it's no fun if you're unbiased the whole time. Oh, yeah. Taking your unbiased hat off, we won't tell the FCS Fan Nation guys. Why why do NDSU fans feel that way? Because I, for the life of me, I really don't understand it. 
Well, I think one of the really simple answers right off the bat is um, Total Bison. If you want bias, Bison, um, by the way, follow me on Twitter for three and a half hours during Bison game day. And you're like, oh, there he is. Yep, (laughs) that's what's coming out. Um, I, I think being at home is number one. And as simple as that sounds, being at home is one of the bigger ones right off the bat. Uh, if you were to, if this game was down, if you had to take Zeb Nolan down there into SDSU in enemy ter- territory, my pick is really easy. I'm going to pick South Dakota State in a heartbeat. I'm actually still kind of torn on which way I want to lean tonight. Um, but I think being at home is a big factor for NDSU. I think one of the other big factors NDSU fans are feeling are the confidence of this late season tough schedule, which so far hasn't tripped us up. Because if you looked early in the NDSU schedule, you're like, holy crap, we're just going to roll. But man, the playoffs start early. You know, we got UND, which happened to be at the time, didn't seem tough. But after two games, you're like, oh, crap. Okay, UND. And then we have USD for a break. And then you at UNI, South Dakota State at home. Three of those four were, oh, man, this is going to be tough. Well, you destroy UND. You beat UNI in a way that you normally thought you would. And now you got SDSU coming in. And I think just historically, if over the last decade especially, this is just the type of game that NDSU wins. I mean, until it gets knocked off, um, is this isn't 2017 in the regular season where, yeah, that matchup was big, but playoffs and everything else was still going to happen. You know, October in 2016, you guys come in, you win by two on that last second touchdown. But then in the playoffs, that's when it really mattered. And NDSU, you know, blanks or 36 to 14 or 36, 10 or something. And now this type of game, doesn't it feel like this is the on the line, everything dude, mm-hmm. will we see them play again in the playoffs? Maybe because of geography, but this kind of feels like that. Everything's on the line, winner take all going to Frisco semifinal feel of SDSU, NDSU. And I think NDSU fans just in the last decade have the confidence that the team's going to pull it off. Because if you, I think if you just looked at roster and logic in terms of how teams are looking now, I think SDSU is the easy pick. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think there's something about the Bison charm, uh, the Bison horseshoe, as my coworker uh, Nate says. He's a Gophers fan. He says it's the horseshoe. They're just going to win. I think there's something about that mantra that still exists. Is it a dumb, poor argument to just say there's some emotional, calm confidence that NDSU is going to find a way? Maybe. But I think that's how NDSU fans are feeling. So th- and, if, if that kind of makes sense. Right. And, you know, honestly, from an SDSU fan perspective, because generally speaking, let's be honest, if you're on here watching us or you catch us on a podcast, you're techie enough to have run into, generally speaking, NDSU fans online. And I think the most infuriating thing about NDSU fans, especially if you deal with them online, is they're their shit talk gets backed up every time, even when it <laughs> even when it probably right. shouldn't. Like, uh, yeah. the, like where it makes no sense. So I, and, and I think it's just infuriating to sit there and you you just see the stuff they say and you go, and you 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 you, you can argue back and you can be right in your argument, but end up being wrong because whatever. Like you said, the bison horseshoe. But I think people are really jealous a little bit of. The fact that you guys get to be that confident going into every game and nobody else knows what that, that's like to carry right. that sort of confidence. I think I speak to all of our Jackrabbit fans here that have followed Jackrabbit football. You always have that fear in the back of your head 
that is this the one we dropped is like that Youngstown State game. Whose butt was not puckered the whole game? There was you were worried so and, and rightfully so. You know Youngstown State's played out of their minds that game. Um, but I think going into this game as a Jackrabbit fan, we got to feel, um, I think we should feel really good going into this game personally. Um, when I, when I look quarterbacks, to quarterbacks, um, and, and because it's marker week, I break this game 15 down, down 15 times, seven ways different to Sunday, you know, I love it. And, and I, I look at, all right, well, you go through and you look at the scoring offense versus scoring defense. SDSU is ranked number one. NDSU is like number four in the conference. Um, and score and scoring defense and scoring defense. NDSU's two, SDSU's three, um, which is to me, those are the only things that matters. Yep. How many points do you score? How many points do you give up? I gave up 500 yards, but I gave up 15 points. Well, then I guess you probably won because you gave up 15 points. You know, right? So they're neck and neck there. But the interesting thing, having played fairly similar schedules, SDSU is averaging almost seven points a game more than NDSU. Now, don't get me wrong, getting to play Western Illinois is will cure anybody's offense. So <laughs> um, that's a handy thing to have. But I think SDSU has a lot more going from it uh, on a passing perspective. I think their running games are almost dead even, and I think passing-wise is where SDSU really excels, and not necessarily to a degree like, Mark Gronowski's winning the Jerry Rice or any of that stuff, but it is far and away better than what NDSU brings to the table. And the I think the thing with NDSU right now is I think a lot of fans have confidence from the UND game. Um, I think that's because for one week straight, including for myself, everyone's like, UND for once is clearly the better team. And all those articles and everything out there, it was clear as day UND is going to win. I mean, pundits from, you know, Dom Izzo and Mike McFeely, you know, big Fargo, Fargo guys, NDSU guys. Hey, sorry, Bison fans, bat, you're on the back seat. And then what played out that way um, was just like, whoa, you know, NDSU just took them to the woodshed. And I think that is one of the things, Thumper, that you're looking at for the confidence from NDSU fans. I feel like they're starting that narrative may be out there again. And they're like, OK, well, you told us that four weeks ago and look exactly what happened. I don't think that is a logical way to think because I think SDSU is a different beast from the offense and defensive line standpoint uh, to put those lines up against each other. Not really comparable, but then NDSU fans who I've said that to will say, well, then what happened in Grand Forks? You know, look, like what, what are we, what are we talking about here? Because we overwhelmed them there and then UND looked really good. But then I have South Dakota state fans on Twitter wisely who are like, what happened at Southern Illinois? So it's like, what are right. we? I, I don't know. These teams may be so even, we don't even realize it. I think they do have an edge at quarterback. I'm not going to put Zeb over, over Gronowski. I think he's played really well in terms of, but then there's Tommy Schuster from UND who looked really good until mm -hmm. he came to the dome. He got some passes in, but he's in the dome and the NDSU defense did what they did. I don't know, guys. Like, I think this is going to be a really close game, but I, I just I can't figure either team out. I can't. I just can't figure them out. All I know with NDSU is that there's a lot of consistency from what they've been the last decade. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I'm very, very intrigued to hear 
your guys' perspectives. One of the questions I did have for you guys was at the wideout and tight end positions. We've had these staple names from South Dakota State. I am curious as an NDSU fan, and I apologize. I should know more about this, but I national scale stuff I try to pay attention to. Who are like the big threats that NDSU is going to have to worry about on the outside, those up-and-comers? It seems like you guys always have that stud guy. And with Cade taking off, like who, who are those people that now without Josh Hayes they could take advantage of? Go ahead, Brennan. Well, uh, all right. I was going to let Ben go, but because I feel like I've been talking a lot. But the okay. silent, the silence um, makes that, me feel confident. The silence. No, that was, that no, was good. It, oh, there's no one that at all. <laughs> no, we got, yeah. no, it's not that at all. Um, actually, I think uh, overall this receiving core has really been coming into shape. Um, especially if you really started paying attention to SDSU in the um, Southern Illinois game. Yeah, uh, you didn't see him. Because when you rush for 392 yards and almost set the new high score for FCS, you you don't throw the ball. Right. Um, the there it's the Yankee twins are one and two. They're yep. identical twin brothers. Uh, those boys, um, I don't. They don't look like burners, but they've got pretty good size. They always tend to get open down the field deep. You can't sit and and Jaden Jackson was had a big year in his uh, freshman year, or was it his true freshman year? I think it was true freshman year while his brother Mm -hmm. was redshirted. And now this year, um, Jackson's kind of taken over as the number one, but Jaden's come through. And in that UND game, Jackson got a lot of love because he had 160 yards or something silly of receiving in that game. Mm -hmm. And his brother got overshadowed. Jaden had 119 yards receiving in that game. And I really like uh, Canyon Bauer. He's coming through as a solid number three receiver. Um, and really, I think a lot of it's not necessarily just those guys coming into their own, but Gronowski getting used to getting into the flow. And you can see he's really coming into his own. He's spreading around to different guys. But the underrated ones are our tight ends, I think, mm. mostly. You know, Zach Hines and Blake uh, Coons. Um, and Tucker, Tucker Craft, Tucker Craft, Tucker Craft. Yeah, I That's, mean the two game-winning drives. Zach Hines is the one who made it. Was there and made the catches. Yeah, that's one thing is I think it's more balanced than you're used to with SDSU. And, you know, normally we've got that that star or two that you're like, man, we got to worry about those guys. Yep. Um, I just I think there's it's more like Bison teams have been in the past, where it's more balanced, where there's a lot of a lot of options. Um, so I think, yeah, the, the people that Brendan mentioned for sure. Um, yeah, you gotta be worried about all of them because they're all, they're all capable of making plays, um, at any time. So I, I would agree that we're, we're pretty balanced, but overall, I think Jackson Yankees prior number one. And then, yeah, like you said, the other Yankee brother, Jaden's number two. Um, I will say that, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about the our lost UND versus NDSU's lost to Southern Illinois. Yep. Um, you know, because those are uh, since those games, both teams have played well, and I think both teams have reason to be confident coming into this game. Um, one thing that uh, that I, as from an SDSU standpoint, that I look at that at UND game when people ask, "Well, why why did you guys lose that game, and why do you think you're going to beat NDSU now?" Um, I mean, that's we can't forget that Gronowski is a true freshman for sure. Like this, he's been on campus for how many ever, I mean, not very long and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's still getting used, uh, used to the game. So, I mean, at that time, 
He was very fresh. On top of that, a lot of things went wrong. Mm-hmm. We had we had some timely timely things. yeah timely turnovers that were just uh, kind of fluke things, and then like UND would have a fumble that would just bounce right back up into the guy's arms, and you know so it was kind of a, a weird game like that where it, it turned out to be. And I think it would have came down to a really really tight game, like you know, somebody would have won by a field goal, but it, it ended up the way it did because of those kind of fluky fluky things. So you, you have games like that every once in a while. Yep. Whereas, you know, I, I look at the Southern Illinois game and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't see that as much. Um, I, I just, I more saw for some reason or another Southern, Southern Illinois almost dominated that game. So yep. I guess from your standpoint, I guess, what did you see in that Southern Illinois game that you would say, you know, you know, cause there's the flip side argument. There's like, well, we whooped up on Southern Illinois NDSU got whooped by Southern Illinois. So why does NDSU think they're going to win? 100%. Southern Illinois was deja vu Carson Wentz at UNI 2014. Had to happen. Head popper. Uh, Michael Tutsky said it after the game. We can't just roll in here because we got the green and yellow on. Honestly, the entire team just got completely demolished. I think it was a head popper. UNI... 2014, Wentz and the team goes in there, gets beat 23 to 3, and they just get smashed. Offensive, defensive lines, the receivers can't get over, running backs can't go on, quarterback looks terrible. And honestly, after 30 whatever some wins, 38, 39 wins, that was it was so overdue. Like that's what it felt like. A young team went on the road. We're the bison. They're not going to beat us. And they got smacked in the mouth. Um, I think since then you've seen that refocus. Penalties have dropped down, uh, lines are playing better. Guys are in position, doing their jobs. Um, they look a lot more clean. So explanation there, yeah, I would just say that they were due one. And if it wasn't going to happen to SIU, it would have happened sometime within the next weeks. It's hard to take true 18, 19-year-olds. Uh, there was only two guys on the roster who had experienced a loss at that point because of all our turnover. So eventually you got to have a moment where you just get punched in the mouth. And I think that is actually going to help them long term. So that would that be my comp would be that 2014 33 game win streak. It's time for you to get knocked down on the yeah. pedestal a little bit. So I would agree, and I th- I think the takeaway from that is that you really can't, you know, the SIU comparison and the UND comparison. Yep. I don't think you can look into that too much and you know lean one way or the other. I think they're both kind of equal in that right that it was kind of a fluky deal, like you know uh, it wasn't a true representation of either team. So. Um, you know, from that standpoint, uh, I think it's a very even matchup. Um, yeah. I I personally think because because of your guys' quarterback, even though he's young, I would take him over a Zeb Nolan or a Cam Miller right now. If SD, I believe SDSU is the most balanced team in the FCS right now. I think James Madison has quarterback issues. I'm not sold on their skill positions. Great defense. Um, Sam Houston. Who knows? I, I've been a huge backer of Sam Houston, but who knows once they come up against the Valley teams. So to, to put some more butterflies in your guys' stomach, if South Dakota State beats NDSU, they're undoubtedly, in my opinion, the one seed at worst of two. You're at home the entire time on the way to Frisco. Everybody's got to come to you guys. I don't see how I'm going to pick against South Dakota State in those playoff games to at least get to Frisco. So, I mean, this this is it for, for SDSU. If NDSU loses, um, I've said I don't believe they're a championship team this spring before already because of the quarterback play. I mean, if you shut the passing completely down and you get enough points, 
you're going to be able to upset the Bison. But if the Bison are in cozy old Fargo and they're the one seed and Holy Cross comes in in round one, I mean, you know, then how does it, who ends up in Frisco? Man, I, I really feel like for the Jackrabbits right now, you're the most balanced team. And if you win in the Dome, I'm not going to be picking against you all the way to Frisco and we'll see what that matchup is. So no pressure. <laughs> well, and I, Ben and I have been saying that since, you know, this podcast started two years ago. It's up to the Valley teams to get NDSU out of the Fargo Dome. Absolutely. And that run. That's what yep. it is. Um, UND, if you're listening, uh, not just you. You're not the you're not the only ones who can end the run. <laughs> that was the single dumbest thing I've ever seen posted on the internet in my life. And <laughs> the run I've is seen over. some things. Um, but uh and 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 really yeah, if it that's what's on the line here. This is the possibility to get NDSU out of the Fargo Dome. NDSU has this incredible run, but on the flip side, they have how many road wins do they have during the run in the playoffs? So this is huge. And not to get too off into the weeds on that, because we do have a question for you, Matt, here from Kurt Lickis. Awesome. Um, what do you think NDSU plans to devote its defense to stopping? I think the Bison is a program that wisely tries not to let opponents utilize their strength. So where do you think the Bison defense focuses? Yeah, I think 100% Pierre Strong and those running backs. You stop those running backs, and then you're going to, on pa easy passing situations, you are going to send that heat uh, on your guys' young quarterback. So, okay, we got to put it on his arm. we got to put it on his arm because the running game is just not going. Seems like such a cop-out, easy answer. But, Kurt, just to answer it for you, you know, if Pierre Strong and those boys get going downfield, I mean, it's going to be so easy to start doing some play action over the middle stuff uh, up against NDSU. So Pierre Strong has got to be stopped, and your guys' whole – carousel of running backs he got back there you have to stop that running game so then you can make that true freshman quarterback truly uncomfortable um, and that starts up with the offense and defense alliance we're going to see who gets a push it was the second quarter of the und game i'm up on the 25 yard line with my season tickets and i'm just watching und's line go whoop or whoop and i was like yep. oh man right there i leaned to my buddy said i don't want to be overconfident but i think this game is already over and I don't think we're going to see that on the SU, SDSU, but it will be telling come third, fourth quarter, which way it's going. Yep. That could be the giant outlier at the end. So you have to, with a young quarterback, this isn't, you know, Darren Christian coming in here with a young QB, just stop the run. So put it all on the young guy. So my follow-up question to that, yep. because we saw this happen in the last marker game, as painful of a memory as that is for us Jax fans, where we lost Jabari Gibbs, and really that game it was Keaton. It was Heidi's first game. We had no passing after Jabari went down, yep. and we still moved the ball on the ground in a fashion that kept us in the game. And that would have never happened before. I've, right. I've, you know, all the way back to the Zach Zenner years, which if you were able to focus on us being one dimensional, especially running the ball. Nine times out of ten, it didn't work. Do you think that shutting down the run game is going to be effective for NDSU if it wasn't last year after you lost a lot of defensive talent? And uh -huh. is that because of talent on NDSU or the ability to plan to solely shut down the rushing attack? Because I would assume the, the game plan was similar la the last time with Pierre Strong in the backfield. You know, I love this question because this is like a two-year prediction for me. Hmm. 
I felt like the defensive line for NDSU last season was like the overall defense for NDSU in 2014. Um, a ton of young guys that were way too young in 2014 combined with seniors mm-hmm. who've been there way too long. Um, and some of those seniors going into positions for the first time as starters because they just couldn't get up on the depth chart. And I felt like last year's defensive line, where especially in the middle, it was a little bit of the weakness of the NDSU football team. Those were seen, those were high-end seniors who finally got their chance to get in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept saying, I'm like, man, these guys like Tony Pierce, uh, Bartholomew, some of these young guns coming in. I know the redshirt freshmen, sophomores, maybe they just barely rotate in. I was like, this is highly recruited talent. Maybe they're not ready yet. They're still developing. But, man, I bet if they were juniors, they'd be taking these guys' spots. Uh, we'll see what that line looks like in two or next year. I bet the defensive line's even better because it's it's younger but better is what right. I felt like. And I said the same thing from 2014 to 2015. And if you look at the 2015 buys in defense, if you go back to the playoffs, it was as good as the 2013 NDSU buys in defense in the playoffs. Going down a rabbit hole here, pun intended. Um, uh-huh. I think that the defensive line this year is better, even though it's younger, because I think that recruited high star talent that we normally haven't seen at NDSU is finally getting its chance to show up. So that, that'd be my, my counter there is that last year, the old guys got their chance. Finally this year, it's like these young guns should have been playing from a long time. So I, I got some confidence in the defensive line. It's, it's the linebackers who are a little smaller than we're used to, but a lot quicker that I may have some issues with, with Pierre strong and some of your bigger backs, but I think the defensive line can hold up pretty good. Oh, Isaiah Davis going through the line on those little backers would I, be something. I, I was going to mention for for Matt and any other NDSU fans watching this right now. Yeah, Isaiah Davis. So if you looked at the stat line from the Southern Illinois game, he had a I think it was 150 yards rushing, and that was a game where it got to the point where they knew exactly what we were doing. We were right. running the ball, and they had no chance. And so. That is going to be an interesting to match up to me is that if NDSU commits to stopping the run, are they going to be able to do it? Correct. Because yep. that's the thing is like, you know, a team, Southern Illinois, I don't think they're a slouch against the run. They were able to stop NDSU's run fairly effectively. And so, you know, are, you know, are we going to be able to take advantage of that? And, and even though if that's what you're focusing on, are we still going to be able to run the ball effectively? Um, because I think that's what we need, need to do. I think if if you start stuffing the run and we have to start relying on Mark, I mean, I, I have confidence in him, but I don't think that's right. the way we want to play. And so th- that will be really interesting to me. But definitely Isaiah Davis, you know, Pierre Strong's kind of the the hot topic, the the big name we have. But Isaiah Davis is a freshman that's come in that look that's looked really really good, and he's kind of that that thunder to Pierre Strong's lightning that can come in and really bruise the team up. Yeah, well, he, and I think the biggest matchup is the offensive and defensive line of that our offensive line against your defensive line in this game. I think those are the two strongest points. Jason X on record saying this is the best best offensive line he's ever had at state. Mm-hmm. So against that defensive line, which Stig thinks extremely highly of for NDSU, um, I'm really looking forward to that matchup. That's going to be the a whole game complete chess match it's going to be very interesting to see how they they play against each other and you know it, it, everything's so similar i mean hunter lukey and Gunella and these guys jalen bussy the guys ndsu is going to throw at it you know they're going to try to do the same thing and sdsu is going to be like all right zeb try to beat us it's 
it's going to be very, very similar game plans. I don't think we're going to see a lot of difference here and nothing's right. going to shock me in terms of how it plays out. So it, uh, it'll be interesting guys. Yeah. And I think you just hit on one of my keys to the game, I think is, is if we can stop the run, which I think we have done better this year than we have done in past years, but our defensive line is one of our strengths, which it always hasn't always been that way. Um, we have a very talented, deep defensive line that we can keep throwing a lot of guys in there, keep them fresh. If we can effectively stop your guys' run game, I think it'll depend on Zeb Nolan's ability to effectively pass because yeah. we've we've got some ball hawks. Uh, we were talking about in, in one of our text threads how um, our turnover numbers are very good. And so they've been able to create some turnovers in the passing game. And so if we can stop the run, it's going to be interesting to see if Zeb can avoid the, the big interceptions, because if you start to stack up one, maybe two, that's going to be that's going to be tough to overcome. I'm really glad you said that, Ben, because I think South Dakota State's not the type of team NDSU can make these uh, Zeb Nolan interception mistakes on. You know, he's had two, maybe three games now with two picks. Um, yep. And it's like, OK, Youngstown's not going to score. So right. this sucks. He threw a pick, but they're not going to score. South Dakota State is not that same animal. So uh, I I would definitely say those lines and turnovers are going to be huge. Um, Zeb's going to throw a Hail Mary touchdown right before halftime. It's going to happen. He is Tom Brady. Oh, the goat, the goat of last second Hail Mary. So, you know, just start Cam Miller. And then right before halftime, when there's one minute left, he's coming out there. And you guys might as well hit the locker room and just let us score because he's going to do it. Hail Mary, baby. Well, I, I have notes for this. This is interesting because uh, Matt Matt and I have a have a common friend in uh, Jordan Fangston. Jordan. And, uh, shout out Thumper, to Jordan. Thumper, can I interrupt so, just a second? Uh, yeah. For jo Jordan's been calling South Dakota State the best team in the FCS since like week one. So uh, shout out to him when everyone jumps on that if SDSU wins. Uh, Jordan Fingston That's deserves the cred. He's setting it up so that if NDSU loses, he can say that he called uh, SDSU yeah. the best team all that, year. I'll guarantee you guys, you guys know him better. He said that. He is actually <laughs> better than that. You know he him better than me, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I have to use these stats, and I'm glad you brought up Zeb Nolan at the end of the half. Because, yeah, let's do it. Um, so Jordan started talking smack in, in, in a thread that I'm – a group that I'm in with him. And – he shows me the stats and, and these stats didn't look right at the time. And I'm like, what the hell's up with these? And I went and I looked and I'm like, and, and the stats he had were just wrong for the amount of passing stats. And they were for NDSU as a total, which if you look at NDSU's total stats includes the central Arkansas game with Trey Lance, which obviously basically has no bearing on this season. Points, so I went points are through. made up and the rules don't matter. <laughs> right. And I wasn't checking the stats because I thought they were wrong. I was checking the stats because I know Zeb Nolan is so damn good at the end of the first half. <laughs> and to the point that I think SDSU can't play, you can't afford to play prevent defense against him because he is terrible when it's not prevent defense and he is an all-star when it is. And here's some stats to prove that at the for Zeb Nolan for this year, he is 51 for 99 for 721 yards, 52% completions, six interceptions, five touchdowns. Here's of those stats. This is what happens. He has had touchdown or field goal. He has had scoring drives at the end of um, Southern Illinois, Missouri State, UND, and Northern Iowa. 
Okay. Which is nuts. That's over. Oh, that's that's almost every game. All right. So listen to these stats. He is eight for 12 for 289 yards, three touchdowns, 67% completions, which means if you take those stats, if, if you take those two, and all those happened with the last two minutes of the first half, if you take those away, he is 43 for 87, 49% completions, 432 yards. And that's in five, six games. You guys have five or six games. I'm forgetting. Uh, depends if you want to count Central Arkansas or not. Okay, five, five. five and five, five and ones games. One, yep. one more game than SDSU has. So he's got 432 yards in five games, six touchdowns and two touchdowns, six interceptions and two touchdowns. If you take the last two minutes of the first half out of the game, which is insane, like that, I the the bipolarness there is unbelievable. And I thought you were going to come at me about. Um, because the same way Jordan did, and Jordan said, well, I'm surprised that they're this close statistically. So just for funsies, uh, Gronowski is 60, 66 of 119 for 902 yards, 56 completion, 56% completion percentage, three interceptions, seven touchdowns. But something Bison fans don't know, you want the ball in that man's hands at the end of a game when the game's on the line. He's had two game-winning drives, one against Youngstown, one against Northern Iowa, both of them after he made cru- crucial turnovers. On those two drives, he is 9 for 10 for 123 yards, 90% completion percentage, and one touchdown. Yeah, and that's, that's, on two that's no joke. That's so, no joke. But to be fair, since that's kind of his niche, apparently, uh, he is 57 for 109, 779 yards, 52% completions rating six touchdowns and three interceptions in the rest of those games. Yeah. The NDSU is just not, they're not built to come from behind in most seasons this year. It's a complete detriment. I mean, if we're down 10 with eight minutes left the game, I mean, you could pretty much lock it up. It's going to be done. So NDSU getting off to a better start or controlling the game is going to be their chance to win this. If SDSU gets off to a hot start, it's going to be tough for us to just come from behind. Um, I mean, it is. You can't sit here and tell me that Zeb Nolan is going to be some sort of difference maker. At the same time, I, I've tweeted out that he's one of the biggest liabilities NDSU's ever had. At the same time, there's a great article by Swanee, uh, one of the NDSU pundits, somebody is an illustrated. He's written it before. It's not all about the quarterback, and Trey Lance is kind of a remind. He's kind of a, a recency bias, the way you put it, Thumper, of like yep. we're going to run it through Trey, and. Easton was great and Carson were great, but they aren't the singular reason for success. If it was all about Zeb and not about NDSU and the way they go about their business, we'd be what? If it was about Zeb, we'd be 0 and 6. I mean, that, <laughs> let, let's just be true realistic, story. right? It is. In, it's a true in, story. Instead, NDSU uses their lines, develops a good game plan. You could argue last year against James Madison, coaching was the difference. We had a ton of talent, but. They wouldn't spy Trey Lance. They couldn't see fake punts coming. I mean, everything was schemed up to stop Danucci. They they saw him do that rollout play at the end a million times in practice. Uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix leaves his guy because he goes, nope, I know where he's throwing it. Game winning pick. You know, it's it's I'm not saying SDSU and other teams don't do this, but there's something about the process. And maybe you don't. NDSU is literally banking off of our system and how we do things as a whole team. Uh, can work without a quarterback. That's that's legitimately what they're banking off right now. Right. So far, it's working. The question will be, 
Will it work against South Dakota State, which I think is the most balanced team in the FCS? If it doesn't, if it works, then they're going to be sitting pretty. If it doesn't, well, Jackrabbits, hopefully you uh, you better at least be able to fill 25% capacity because that could be a fun run for you. <laughs> well, we are at an hour and two minutes, so we need to we need to get to our predictions here and do the rest of this. I think we could probably chop it up like this for the rest of the night because it's fun. But people probably have stuff to do during their day if they're listening on and we want them to be able to listen to the whole episode. So uh, let's uh, let's get into our picks here and uh, some questions dealing with the picks. And I know we were going to pick uh, JMU and Richmond and uh, SIU versus Southeast Louisiana. And Chad Myros, our boy from the takedown, hopped on and helped out with the A-team when they were having technical difficulties earlier this week. He's asking, uh, what's our thoughts on Richmond versus JMU and southeastern, southern Illinois and southeastern Louisiana? And just so happens, Chad, we're picking that game tonight, both of them. So might as well do them. That's right. Uh, we'll start with, though, we'll get one out of the way first. Delaware goes to Villanova. And Delaware is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. We'll let our, our guest picker, Matt, take that one. Six-and-a-half-point yep. favorites. So one of our uh, great hosts for the spring and hopefully in the future, Jamie Williams, uh, who's a James Madison Duke fan, takes you through the history a little bit on that pick. I won't take up a lot of your guys' time, but he says this is a game Nova typically will win. And it's in Nova, and he's heavy on Nova. Um I'm going to go with Delaware, though. I think they're the better, te- best team in the CAA, not because they're undefeated. I think for once, their offense matches their defense, which is what they've been missing. So I'll take yep. Delaware to win. I'll take it uh, 28 to 17, Delaware. Wow. Well, knowing the history of that rivalry, I think Delaware wins, but I'm going to I'm going to take the points uh, on the Villanova side. Respectable. I have to go opposite of Brendan on most of these picks because I'm way behind. So <laughs> also I think Delaware is a pretty decent pick on this one. I think they'll win by six and a half. So I'll go Delaware as well. Uh, the next pick up on the slate is Richmond at JMU. Huge, J- huge game for JMU. Um, a JMU is an 11 and a half point favorite at home. So they should win this game, but do they cover? I think JMU wins. I don't think they cover. Um, I think that I think Richmond is not the greatest of teams, but I think it's a rivalry. JMU hasn't overwhelmingly impressed me. So give me JMU to win by 10. So um, I'll say Richmond loses by 10 points to JMU, 30 to 20 or something like that. Yeah, I agree to I agree with Matt to an extent on this because I JMU just hasn't, I mean, yeah, they've done better, but their opponents ha- have a total of barely any wins between them and they just haven't looked wildly impressive. And don't get me wrong. I haven't exactly been able to watch a lot of their games because they're stupid and can't have their games on ESPN three, uh, like a normal sports. goddamn person. Instead, they've got to go and sit there, with their wine, and think they're fancy on the East Coast <laughs> and have their own stupid network and try to charge me for it. And I won't be, I'm not gonna do it. And they hate I it. Spent my, they hate yeah, it. I good. You they get to pay for something that sucks. Well, I pay for ESPN plus and it sucks, but I get to watch everybody else's games when they suck. 
instead of only our games. So suck on that. And I pay for Midco Sports Plus because they're better. Um, but that's a long way of saying I'm going to take JMU anyways because I don't think Richmond's that great. I wanted to take JMU because I do think that they try to prove a point. <laughs> 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 I I do have to. I, I'm gonna take JMU. I, I think they I think they prove a point to the playoff committee to try to get one of those seeds. I mm. don't think they end up getting it, but um, yeah, I think I think JMU takes care of business in this one. Um, and then we've got a fun game that was not supposed to happen, but uh, they brewed up out of thin air. Southeastern Louisiana goes to Southern Illinois, and Southern Illinois is a five point favorite in that one. I have a weird hunch C-Law is going to win, and it doesn't match a Missouri Valley NDSU fan where it's like, okay, power run, power defense, shut down the high flyers, control the game. I don't know. I I have something about C-Law where I think they're going to pull it off. Only lost to Sam Houston by five, beat Nichols, and everyone's saying, ah, oh, whatever, SAU would smack them all. I'm going to go with C-Law. So I'm going to get C-Law, and I'll take them with the over there. I'll have C-Law cover or win by seven points. Sorry, I'm not good with the Vegas terminology, but C-Law by seven. <laughs> well, here's the here's the big question for me in this game. Does Southern Illinois get one of their top two quarterbacks back or not? Because mm. if they do, I think they win. If they don't, they very well might lose. So I'm going to assume they are. But what was the line, Ben? Southern Illinois by five. At Southern home. Illinois by five at home. Uh, I will take Southern Illinois out of that because I am a prideful man and I want I want the Valley to win because Southland fans annoy me. So I <laughs> because we're never going to hear the end of it. We never will. If Southern Illinois loses this game to Southeast <laughs> Louisiana, who is a solid and respectable team, every Nichols and Incarnate Word fan is going to be crawling all over the internet running onto the field to try to steal trophies from the opposing team that just beat him in a rivalry, defending <laughs> them like psychopaths. And anyways, that's a different different story. But uh, yeah, they're just going to be annoying. So I, I want Southern Illinois to win, so I don't have to hear about it on the internet. <laughs> kind of helps you. It helps you, though, Thumper. SIU loses that game. And you yeah. Guys beat, you guys beat NDSU, you can be like, NDSU, two losses. You lost to a team that lost to C-Law. You can throw <laughs> that out <laughs> right, all you want. Right. So right, but know, it does it does lessen one of our quality wins. It, so it lessens it, and realistically, <laughs> we don't have a plethora of quality wins on our resume. Uh, nobody it, does this year, so this will sound true. this will sound biased. You beat NDSU, you're that's all the quality well, you need. There you go. That's it's true. Right that's there. true. That outside of this game. Yep. <laughs> so I am gonna take Southern Illinois to win, but not cover. I'll take them winning by three. But uh, I do want to say kudos to them for putting this game together. They did yes. definitely didn't have Hell to. Yeah. And so, yeah, good for those guys for putting that game together. Uh, I saw Southern Illinois' coach as uh, a Nick Hill. Yep. Uh, that guy's going places. Uh, he won't be at Southern Illinois long. Like, he's impressive. Fact. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd see him in the FBS soon. So we'll make our way before we go into like an hour and a half here. Let's make our way to the big pick of the night. South Dakota State goes to Fargo, plays at North Dakota State, and North Dakota State is favored by only one and a half. 
man. Vegas. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I think it's spot on. I mean, if you really? flip, flip the coin, I think these teams are unbelievably similar. I if think you ask if you ask Ross Uglum, he thinks it's ludicrous and you guys should be favored by 22. But Oh, Ross, our old pal, <laughs> thinks Logan Backus is a terrible football player. He's a, he's a Packers guy, though, Thumper. He's a Packers uh, yeah. guy. Loves that, the Packers. I mean, me I know he him. does. Good for him. <laughs> makes me hate him even more than I already do. I grew up in Wisconsin. I didn't like every person I met in Wisconsin either, and they're all <laughs> Packers fans. Uh, yeah, I suppose we have opposite opinions on Ross. I, he does good work for NDSU. <laughs> Love his contri- contributions. Um, NDSU, South Dakota State, classic Dakota marker games. Well, I a few weeks ago, I said if we had done this podcast, I was going to pick SDSU to win 75-2, to two, but certainly things have changed. <laughs> I can't give it – now that things have changed so much, I can't give my reasoning behind that. Uh, sorry about that, guys. I, I apologize. So That's a shame. Um, you know – the thing with NDSU SDSU is if this game is on the road in South Dakota State, I easily am going to pick that for a seven point victory uh, for South Dakota State. Heck, I might have gone up to 10 points. I think there's something about, I heard those 9,500 fans at the UND, the energy was in there, and true freshman quarterback, two lines I feel like are similar. I mean, when NDSU changed from North Dakota agriculture to North Dakota State in 1960, South Dakota State's won only 14 matchups against us. I mean, that's a big historical climb there, right, guys? Um, I, I am going to have to lean towards, the bias will come out, I have to lean towards NDSU, but I think this one is going to be an epic classic. Overtime, um, 20, 20 to 14 overtime. Two touchdowns. That's your two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. NDSU scores six points, twenty to fourteen. Uh, yeah, let's get weird with it. So <laughs> yeah. I'll take I'll take the Bison, and uh, I I'd let the brethren down if I didn't pick them right. So uh, we'll right. see how it plays out, guys. We'll see. <laughs> well, Ben, you want me to pick, or do you want to have the first shot at it? So one 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 last thing, if if I can. Um, just remember, I know it sounds biased, but if picking NDSU is bias, just remember picking them in the last decade means you're just right like 98% of the time. So uh, I think that's just that's no. just smart logic, right? You're only you've only been wrong 10 times then. So that's true. That's a yeah. The problem is, like you said before, that the it does it's shit talking, but it's true. So like you can't do anything about it. It sucks. Right. It does. But so oh, I will, man. I will go first. Um, this is the game that SDSU normally loses. Um, if you talk to casual SDSU fans, they say, "Yeah, they're a great program, but they always lose a big game." This is another big game for them. They need to win this game. They this isn't gonna release them of that moniker. That'll still be their mo for a while, but it will go a long ways into helping because it is a huge matchup. And uh, it's a very tough pick because they are. I think they're very even teams. There's there's arguments to be made on both sides. Um, one thing I didn't get to mention earlier that I do want to mention before I make my pick is that I think another key factor is SDSU's special teams. Mm. We've had some issues this year. We've had some blocked punt issues. We've had some fumbled return issues. We've had some give up fourth and longs on a fake punt issues. So, and to 
at kick it up a notch. NDSU has this Watson guy who is just an amazing returner. And so we're going to have to make sure we don't give him the ball either. And so SDSU special teams is a huge key to the game. And so I think that will go a long way in determining the outcome. Um, so we need to be clean on that side. That said, if we do, if we are clean on that side, I do see us winning. I'm going to go 27 to 23. Zeb Noland with two interceptions. Yeah, that's what that's that's the way we'll go. Well, the Zeb with two picks is is that's an easy one. That's an easy call, right? That's very easy. Yes, <laughs> I think so. That's a lock. Well, that's what they call in the gambling world, they call that a lock. Ah, <laughs> stone cold lead pipe lock of the which b- before we go too far i do i want to advocate for fcs fans nation to do a pick segment at the end of your show pick like the top fcs games or maybe like get the fans take on which games they want you to pick and you should pick those games against the spread i i would i think that'd be a big addition to you guys because you guys are knowledgeable you guys know what you're talking about so i think i think that'd be a great addition so uh, that's my that's my uh my two cents, anyway. I'm gonna take it, Ben, and uh, I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring it to the guys. I can't imagine we don't. Chris Hammond, he loves the gambling stuff, so I love that for the fall. Uh, be on the yeah, lookout. Yeah. There you it. go. We'll keep our eyes open. So on this game, um, the and and I didn't say this before you, when you guys were talking about you know the the crisis of who beat who and everything. The difference between UND going in and playing NDSU and SDSU going in and playing in NDSU in the mar- in the rivalry games. UND has no idea what the hell they're doing in this rivalry game. Yet. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I'm not kidding. They have no goddamn idea what they're walking into. They're feeling good. They're finally ranked and worth a sh- sort of worth a shit, and but they weren't. Um, and they came in feeling good, and they didn't realize that Southern Illinois, you can catch NDSU with their heads in the clouds. Um, you know, Illinois State, Youngstown State, South Dakota, um, those you can catch NDSU with their heads in the clouds. Ranked rival team, i.e., SDSU, and you know, once every decade or so, UND, um, you get their A game. Every time, every time. That's why, to me, beating NDSU twice in this run and being the only team to do so is far and away more impressive than any other team beating them because we're not just beating NDSU. We're beating the best version of NDSU because you guys Mm. do not come with a B game in that. You just don't. And that's part of what makes the rivalry so great. That's why you want to win so bad because you know you're not going to be getting them in an off game. Um but SDSU is used to that compared to a UND. UND was not ready for what they were walking into, and they got kicked in the teeth over and over and over again. They weren't ready for what that game brings. Yeah, I do feel point. I do feel like we missed an opportunity. There aren't like podcasts very often where SDSU and NDSU fans are on the same podcast, and we missed an opportunity to like join hands and just tra- <laughs> trash talk UND into the ground. So right. I, I appreciate you bringing up how, how bad, how much UND sucks and how they weren't ready for that game because it's not, they don't matter. That was, that was <laughs> yeah. u- unity I, I, right here. Yeah. Unity. I didn't care too much until they came out and said they were the only team capable yeah, of not derailing exactly. the, um, the NDSU dynasty. So, you know, eat your heart out this weekend, boys. <laughs> oh, I almost did it. I almost 
I almost made Matt really mad at me. Um, but <laughs> oh, not possible. Not, no, 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 not not you, Matt. Matt Tolleson. Oh, okay. Um, oh yeah. I almost said a very bad word. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the the other thing is, uh, I we need to keep our cool. We need to hang in there. I would love for us to jump out with to a, a touchdown or two lead. That's always been the method to beating NDSU. Two score yep. lead. If you can get a two score lead, you can win the game. Otherwise, it gets way more difficult. Um, you know, look at the difference between 2016 and 2017. 2016, we did not get that lead. It was a nail biter to the end. 2017, we got the lead and we we're able to ride it out because NDSU gets the force to do things that they don't want to do. Um, I think that's going to be really difficult this game coming off of four weeks of rest. Uh, to come out sharp enough to get a couple touchdown leads is going to be very difficult. Um, but I think if we can limit the catastrophic mistakes that we tend to have to one, limited to one, one turnover in our end zone or, or not our end zone, but our half of the field, um, or a fumbled punt or a blocked punt or a blocked kick. If we limit that to one, I love our chances in this game. So unsurprisingly, I'm going to take mm -hmm. SDSU in this game because I do have faith in that. And Gronowski just has such an it factor, which I've heard from NDSU fans until I could puke and puke <laughs> again and puke again. Well, he's just better because he's got the it factor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and it oh, yeah. just was nauseating. I created it. But <laughs> unfortunately, they were also right. Gronowski has it. Mm. Um, nine for ten in the end of games when it matters most. So I got all the faith in the world of that kid. Doesn't matter where it is. Every one of his games that have been against tough opponents have been on the road at UNI, at UND, at Southern Illinois. No hard games at home. The home games were easier. So he's been road tested. We'll see if he's mother approved. Um, in this game here for the marker, I should have said marker approved. That would have been better. But you know, uh. <laughs> So I'm going to take the Jacks here in this one. Um, I never do official scores, but I'll do it on this one. I'm going to say uh, 28 to 20. I like the real it. key. The real um, key is if if the SDSU offense can move the ball, because I think uh, NDS and, and not give the NDSU offense short fields. Because I listened to unfortunately Bison day and they always have the guest to drive thing and i don't think i've heard one over 80 yards yet for the longest drive of the game from ndsu <laughs> no way if you can if you can keep them a little deeper than 70 yards most of the game they're you're not gonna give up a lot of points i feel yep just like ben said special teams that'll be huge it will be yeah you did mention one thing that we hadn't mentioned until now is the the big break that we've had and so that, you know, that can either be a good thing, having very well-rested players, can be a bad thing in having rusty players. The one thing I feel like we have going for yep. us is it's a huge game. They're going to be amped for it anyway. So I feel like that lessens the right. uh, the factor of having that big, big layoff. But if they come out a little slow and rusty, it wouldn't be surprising because it's, it's tough. And I mean, it's going to be like four weeks since they played. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, that that could be a huge factor, positive or negative. I get first quarter, we're gonna find out. We're gonna see how it how it plays out for him. Yeah, we are. We're in a fat hurry. But thank you, Matt, so much for coming on. We really appreciate you coming on here with us, man. 
Um, thank you for all the work you do. Um, thank you for your service prior to this country. For all those of you who don't know, that's a vet. So thank you for your service. No um, problem, and we really appreciate you having on the podcast here. We are at an hour and 23 minutes and counting. So hey man, it's thank Marker you so week. much to everybody for your questions. <laughs> yeah, it's Marker Week. If you ain't got an extra 23 minutes, get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my uh thumper my last 45 just want to say thanks for having me on i really appreciate this guys it's a lot of fun trash talking going back and forth on twitter um the fcs is kind of this niche thing of just people who promote it i mean espn all these others they don't care about us but honestly it's guys like you ben it's guys like you brendan who are like let's do a podcast let's get information out there your guys's quality is always great so honestly truly appreciate you guys Bison fan, South Dakota State fan, I don't care. You guys are the reason the FCS is so great. So thanks for having me on and keep crushing the show. And win or lose, I look forward to congratulating you uh, either way or throwing a little bit of smack talk at the end. But uh, we won't take it personal either way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, one last thing. You're invited to my house tailgate before the game, my guy. Hey, all right. Tailgate, probably going to be making some brisket. Um, Any other Jackrabbit fans that are around, hit me up. We're going to have a little hoedown throwdown in my backyard. So. Outstanding. That's all I got. Good deal. Well, with that, I, I'd like to also thank Matt, but uh, even though you're here, we're still going to end it the same way we always do. Go big, yep. go blue. Go blue. Go Jacks. Go Jacks. <laughs>